If you would like to know different strategies to improve your quality life during your cancer journey, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Taking Charge of My Cancer podcast, where I'll be interviewing different healthcare professionals, cancer survivors, and I'll be teaching you different resources, tips and solutions so you can get the best outcomes while dealing with cancer. So welcome to Taking Charge of My Cancer podcast, episode 10. I am Derly Munoz, your host, and my guest today is Gillian Warwick. So Gillian is a functional nutritionist with an extensive training and experience as a gastrointestinal health, hormone balance, and blood chemistry. She's passionate about helping her clients rejuvenate their health and sort of throw all the confusing, contradictory information to develop a plan based on their unique needs while addressing the foundation of optimal wellness from a holistic perspective. She is committed to offering the highest levels of care in holistic healing with an unparalleled support, integrity, and compassion. So thank you so much, Gillian, for being here with me today. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Excellent. So you want to tell us what was all about your business? Like, how do you end up in this mission? Well, I mean, when I think about my mission, really just simply put, I feel like I'm a teacher and I'm really here to teach and to serve people and to support them in their journey to really realizing that innate health and healing capacity of their body. And in my practice, you know, I do that by working with people one-on-one so that we can figure out the root causes of the imbalances in their body and their health, you know, whatever they're struggling with through the health history and the nutrition evaluation and using functional labs to provide real world, like practical input on how they can resolve those imbalances so that we're using a holistic approach. That's nutrition, lifestyle, sleep, movement, mindset, you know, all of those things are important. And so I like to be that kind of concierge person to help them really dial it in for their specific needs. Awesome. And you don't know how much I listen to this every single day from my patients, because that's what they're really struggling with. You know, in the beginning, it's like, well, I have this cancer diagnosed and it's all the fear of what is going to happen. And they go through surgery and they get relief from that, but then chemo happen and they get excited. I mean, not excited, but like stress about it. Mm-hmm. And then radiation happen, but then, you know, everything is like back to their normal life because then the yeah. doctor's like, you're doing terrific, you're a cancer survivor, but they continue lagging with all these other issues that nobody mm-hmm. really, they listen. And it's like, well, that's kind of normal from all the <laughs> stuff that you're going through. And it's, and they and they struggle with that every day. Yeah. So this is going to be super great for them to listen what you So thank you. Good. Um, were you always planning to do this? <laughs> No, um, but looking back, I can see the divine plan and all of it. Um, I say my struggles have really contributed to my superpowers. Um, You know, I feel like there's things that have happened throughout my whole life since I was a very small child that I think were very difficult, but it led me on the path of figuring out what the next steps were for me, because I think it's really hard when you just keep struggling with little nitpicky things that in your body and you just don't know who to think, who to trust, who to talk to, where to go. And we have to sort of tap back into our own intuition at points. And for me, you know, I started feeling like a call, like a calling, you know, I was like, this is not, first of all, what I'm dealing with isn't normal. You know, I went to, and this is no like shade on healthcare, but I didn't find any help 
in the traditional system, if that makes sense. So I had to keep digging and digging and digging. And by the time I was in my 20s, I'd gone through so many health problems. And I, from gastrointestinal issues to eating disorders, to hormone problems, to having, to being infertile, to acne. I mean, you let, you name it, like I had it. And uh -huh. it was so frustrating because they're like, well, you look good and your, your labs are okay and normal, which they weren't really normal, by the way, but that's what their interpretation was of it. Um, you know, I was poked and prodded and all the things. And it was like, where do I go from here? So, you know, at some point I was actually very blessed to have interactions with a more naturopath type physician. Um, and he kind of got me on the path and then it just ignited like a fire in me. I was like, this has to be something I teach people, not a diet plan, not a dogma, but let's think about how our body works physiologically and how we can support it best for our needs individually, because it's not the same for two people. No two people need the same diet. You know, no two people need the same like lifestyle even. And so we have to make it work for us. But it's also that, that teaching part really is important to me because without learning what I learned about my own body, I never would have made the changes that actually in, ended up impacting my health for the better. And I feel better than I did in my twenties now, you That's know, awesome. and I'm 41 and it's like, you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things that it's always going to be a journey of learning. And I think people have to keep realizing that where it's, I always like to say, I want to learn, I want to unlearn and I want to relearn. And if you're not open to that as a practitioner, especially, then you're going to miss things. And so you have to be open to that learning process Absolutely. and get the teaching part out there to people, right? So hopefully that's not too long-winded of an answer. <laughs> no, that's perfect. So we'll be mm -hmm. at three valuable tips that you learn about your journey that can be very, you know, valuable for our audience. Sure. So, you know, I could probably write a book on the tips and things I learned at this point, but they're, again, they're all kind of unique to me, but I can say one of the things that as a functional nutritionist, I obviously focus on food a lot and, you know, it's a practical thing you can do, which is not overlooking the power of food because the food can be medicine and it can be a poison. And it's really something we have to dial in figuring out. That's why I do use certain functional labs to figure out what someone needs and maybe they're deficient in something or how can we upgrade their diet. But and sometimes supplementation even is important depending on their diet, but it's for someone dealing and I'm going to speak somewhat more to your audience as, you know, trying to speak to someone who's been through that cancer journey or is on that cancer journey. Um, and, and some of my, you know, clients that I work with, especially I prioritize first becoming very metabolically flexible. And what that means in layman's terms is that first of all, your blood sugar is so key to improving your whole health. And that goes down to the cellular health of your body. So metabolic flexibility just means that you are not on a blood sugar roller coaster every day. And, you know, when you go to the doctor, I'm going to kind of go off on a little tangent here. When you go to the doctor, a lot of times they will run glucose as a blood test. That's not, I'm just going to, you know, break the bad news. That's not very helpful because glucose could be up when you go in just because you're stressed out because cortisol can make your glucose spike, or, you know, there's other factors in medications and things like that can cause this glucose to rise. So I would really like people to know this because when you go to the doctor to advocate for yourself and say, look, I want to have a fasting insulin done. That is a very important lab marker that is missing from the majority of blood chemistry run. 
So that can help us see how are you doing with your glucose handling over, it's a hormone, this, this insulin. So that's something I'd say, please get that looked at because if it's over six and, and, you know, the, the normal range in kind of conventional care could go up to 15 or 20, but if you want to be metabolically flexible and have healthy cells and healthy tissues and organs, you need it to be six or under between like two to six. So just so people have that little takeaway and kind of, you know, knowledge to, to kind of empower themselves, um, metabolic flexibility can be different for every person. So it's not like, oh, eat this diet and you are therefore metabolically flexible. You have okay. to learn what that means for you. But I would say a tip is don't overlook the fact that like protein and or fats in your diet will help your blood sugar stay more stable through the day. So okay. if you're eating a breakfast, that's just oatmeal, which I understand can be a healthy food. It's a whole food. That's wonderful. But if you're just having oatmeal with like fruit, you're probably going to be spiking your blood sugar. And so we want to pair that meal with some kind of healthy protein. It could be, you know, for me, I'm a uh, omnivore. So I would have something like eggs or, you know, some kind of a meat necessary, maybe something like that. But if someone doesn't do that, they can add a, some healthy nuts like omega-3 rich hemp seeds or chia seeds or something into that. So just little things like that to think about, that will improve that metabolic flexibility um, throughout the day. So number two so is uh, sleep. So sleep, I now tell people this because I probably would not have said this five years ago, but the, the, the research that I'm seeing and the studies on sleep it now to me is more important that my clients prioritize healthy sleep and quality sleep than it is movement or food. Like it's that important. If not, it's either as important or more important than those other factors. So because sleep is when we rejuvenate and heal and it's impacted by our lifestyles and our food and our hormones and our light exposure during the day or in the evenings and the blue lights from all of our screens and things like that. So we really have to dial in sleep. And sometimes it's doing a sleep routine at night or, you know, certain sleep hygiene. Um, like I said, blocking blue lights, things like that can be really impactful. And then the third thing is, this is more of, this is less practical, but it's only you can decide what's best for you. So we can do the Google searches and be part of social media groups and see the best quote unquote, best doctors in the world. But in the end, we have to learn to trust ourselves and to follow our intuition. And that often comes back to just that innate, you know, healing capacity in our body. And so it can be more of a spiritual journey, you know, when we're on that, on that uh, road. That's awesome. No. That was great info. I'm like writing this stuff <laughs> here because I'm like, oh my God, this is, you know, sometimes I try to, again, just because I feel like I'm having this conversation with patients over and over. So I'm like, listen to great podcasts and try to listen to really good advice about nutrition. Of course, I'm not a nutritionist, but I know how, you know, protein is super important as you go in because it's going to be a huge part of your healing process. And that's what I'm trying to kind of really tell patients. But what you just told me about this metabolism, flexibility, that's an awesome thing to just, I'm like, okay, when you to listen to this podcast, and I think that you will learn quite a bit about yeah. try to really go in detail, like why is it that that works? So that was awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And that's why like during my time with clients, I just want to say that it's not, again, writing, I'm not writing meal plans. You know, I'm saying, how can we like take a snapshot of your diet for a few days and look at that and say, 
where can we improve things like metabolic flexibility? Um, that's it. It's not about, I mean, weight loss can be a good consequence if someone's goal is weight loss, but metabolic flexibility is much more important than our weight. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. Awesome. That was great. Um, how about the most painful lesson that you have learned in this journey? You know, I was thinking about this because, I mean, I know you shared the questions ahead of time, which I appreciate, honestly, because I can, you know, otherwise probably go on a thousand tangents today with you. Um, but for me, like, I don't really see my lessons as painful, at, but more so just opportunities to, to do that learning and unlearning and relearning that I talked about earlier. Um, if I was going to think about a lesson it's more about keeping, keeping yourself curious and asking why, like, why, why, why go to the root of the root of the root cause of what's going on. And the why can be, you know, very practical wise. Like if we're looking into labs, we can see a why somewhere probably in that, but we also have to think about what our whys are as people, as humans, as individuals, what is the why behind what the goal is, you know, and because that's a motivator too, right? People need yep. to have a why. And, you know, it can be in life, it can be in health, it could be in spirituality, it could be in you know any of that. So that's how I see kind of the painful parts is more of a lesson in order to learn more. Okay, perfect. How about um, is there anything that you have that will be a value for our audience? And will you share it with us? Definitely. Um, so as far as value goes, you know, I, I don't put out a lot of content. I'm not as active as I probably should be on social media or on my website, you know, blogging, things like that. But probably because I really just see the need to support someone where they are right now and to, you know, have a conversation with them about it. So what I would offer is that someone could book in with me this complimentary virtual 15 minute consult. I, um, it, you can access that on my website or you can access it through um, my, I'll, I'll give you the link. We could probably put it in the show notes, but if you just go to the Jillian you'll see a link there. Um, or you can go the Jillian forward slash schedule. And again, it's 15 minutes with me zoom is usually how I do it. Um, it's free. And I want someone just to take away something from that, whether it's a, you know, a tip for them, or just inspiration if they need it, or maybe we're going to work together in the future. And that there can, there can be that conversation in that first, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes together. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, and then you already mentioned how can people find you, which was going to link into my next question. And I'll, like you're right, <laughs> I'll put all your like links and website right um, on the show so people can have sure. access to that. Okay. Um, what will be three books that you will recommend um, to the audience and why? Yeah. And I, these are books that I, you know, some of them were going to, would be just applicable to everyone, but especially the first one is definitely something that I really highly recommend for your audience. And it's called the metabolic approach to cancer by Dr. Nasha Winters. Um, it's really an innovative metabolic focus nutrition uh, approach that She's a naturopathic integrative oncologist and a cancer survivor. And then she has a co-author who is a nutritional therapist, Jess Higgins, Kelly. Um, and they really, they talk about the terrain of our body. That's really important for, you know, prevention and management of cancer, but also they go into epigenetics, the microbiome, the immune system, toxins, blood sugar, like we talked about. So it's really an amazing resource. 
Um, the second would be something that pretty much would be amazing for anyone to read, in my opinion, which is Deep Nutrition by Dr. Kate Shanahan. And she is a wealth of knowledge. She talks a lot about, you know, calories not all being equal and that food is information that really directs our cellular growth. So, you know, people like to lean on the, the genetics and say, oh, I'm genetically going to do this or that or have this or that, which really is only if you ask me or from what I've seen, it only contributes to less than 10%, if even that much of what we're actually going to experience in our health, because what you do, how you live, what you eat, all these lifestyle factors are how your DNA then is expressed through epigenetics, epi meaning above genetics. So epigenetics is a really amazing field that's being studied more and more. Um, so I love that book because she dives into all of that and how you can eat specifically and how you can live specifically that, you know, to, to do things with your DNA or alter your DNA in, the, in a good way, right? Um, the last one is a little more, um, you know, nuanced. It's the biology of belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. Um, this one is interesting because he really delves into uh, biology specifically and cellular health and communication and all that. But he also goes into the mindset part of it, okay. of the belief part of it, that, you know, in how that also affects our beliefs, uh, or excuse me, our beliefs inform our biology. So those are my top three, probably for your audience. Awesome. Perfect. And I may just get you to just text me the, the name so I can put it in there. Yeah. So people are like, oh, I want to try to get the book. So that would be yeah. great. Um, no problem. Okay. And then how about movies? Any three movies that you recommend? <laughs> so I had to think about this because my movies that I, you know, there's movies and then there's documentaries. And I, I'm going to share documentaries just because um, movies, you know, that I, I have my own favorites, but I don't think they would be as beneficial for your audience to know okay. about. So um, these are more like educational or maybe just giving you a little different view on things. So the first one is called Fantastic Fungi. Um, people might have heard of this one. It's kind of popular, but it's a documentary about like mushrooms, basically, in the medicinal world of mushrooms, the way that they you know, their powers to help us heal, the powers that they have to help with the regeneration of life on earth. Like it is incredible. And the, the cinematography and like CGI is just so cool with it. So I love that one. Um, and, uh, the other one would be Sacred Cow. And that's a documentary as well that it, not, it really talks more to the regenerative um, agriculture and the power of that to help heal the planet, the soil, and heal ourselves and, and, you know, and kind of separating us out from that industrial food system. Okay. And then the last one is kiss the ground. And it's another documentary. Um, and it, it really does also tap into that regenerative agriculture, um, you know, industry or area, I should say. And it's, it's a little different though than sacred cow. It's, it's more specifically going into like ecosystems and creating abundant food supplies and, using specific carbon and things like that to make sure that we're regenerating the soil and to help with climate change and things like that. So most of it is really focused going back into that power of, you know, natural healing and how we're not separate from the earth. You know, we're not separate from that part of life external to our specific bodies. And we have to think about all that. Like I'm, I wish I had land that I could farm and, you know, grow my own food, but and that's not practical for a lot of people. So this is not me saying that we all need to just like stop, you know, grocery shopping and, food, and do all of our own food at home. That's not easy or practical. But I think the more we learn going back to that teaching and learning, then we 
can at least understand how we have become as a society very disconnected from our food, very disconnected from our earth. And that that is kind of creating over time more and more trouble in our health as people. Yeah, that was terrific. That was amazing. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so engaged. I'm going to start looking for those. Great. Um, how about podcasts? So podcasts, I, if I, if I could show you my phone, I have so many podcasts that I listen to. It's kind of, so it's, I don't even listen to music anymore, which I probably should. Um, but the ones that I thought would be really good for your audience and maybe that they have had not heard about yet. Um, one is actually more specific to cancer. It's called cancer liberation project. And she, and uh, the, I don't remember the host name now. It's actually a newer one to me as a podcast, but the interviews and the education on there are for like a more holistic approach to healing and for cancer support. Um, so that's very helpful and practical. Um, number two would be the Resetter podcast by Mindy Pels. She is just a wealth of information and she doesn't just speak to women, but it's definitely more women's focused. Um, but she has lots of good interviews on there about optimizing a lot of different parts of health and wellness. And then the last one is uh, it's, it's kind of a funny name, Keto Camp. So K-E-T-O Camp with a K, K-A-M-P, Benazadi. Now, even though it's called Keto Camp, at least from my experience with the podcast, it's not all about eating keto, which I know is kind of a fad or a trend and has some good things about it and has some not so good things about it for certain people. So it's not pushing that diet on people, but it's more of a, a good resource if you want to learn more about uh, metabolic flexibility, like we were talking about. Um, and the, the, the guests he has on are great. So I think those three would be very beneficial. Awesome. That's excellent. Such a really great info. I'm so excited <laughs> about all this information I'm learning. <laughs> Talking about learning and relearning, I'm like, oh, yeah. it has been like, you know, has been a whole journey for me kind of putting this podcast together. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing how you think you know so much and every single time I'm with an interview I'm like oh my god I'm like having this whole list of like podcasts and books and like when do I gonna have time to go check into all those but I know I feel the same way when I get inspired by new you know new information or new education I'm like I need a lot more hours in my day <laughs> exactly we'll be you know, I need like a like 72 hours per day to get everything I wanted to do right Right. <laughs> um, has been any question that uh, you wish I'll ha I will have asked you and that you will have answered? Well, I would say um, I was just trying to think of something that like, how can I be more like give value today, basically be inspiring for someone. And I think what I would say is if you ask me, what is one thing that, you know, your listeners can do today to improve their health, like today, <laughs> not tomorrow, not the next day, not next week. And it would be there's actually two things I'm going to say, and they're very different. The first one is more, uh, you know, informational, and that is to go to the website ewg.org, which is the environment, environmental working group. And the reason I'm putting that out there is because, again, it's one of those websites where there's no dogma around what foods or diet you choose to eat. It's very much just a resource. So you can start evaluating different parts of your um, your lifestyle, your food, things that, you know, your water quality, because they have different areas in there where you can search databases of personal care products, for instance, to see which ones you're currently using, whether it's like body washes or cleaners or makeups or, you know, any of these things, personal care um, that will help them people see, okay, this is maybe not the best choice based on toxicity. 
and start to be able to upgrade into something better next time they purchase, right? Because we can't overlook the fact that even if we're eating the best diet ever, and we're, you know, even just doing the best movement practices for us and getting good sleep, the toxins in our environment and the toxins in our personal care products really contribute a lot to, you know, hurting our health in the long run. So that website also has an area where you can look at your water quality in your area. You can search by zip code and see what your municipal water supply has in it, which is frightening, but also important to know. And then you can choose to get a really good quality uh, water filter. And, you know, my best, my best uh, input on that, by the way, is Brita is not probably not the best choice. Cause I see a lot of people doing Brita, at least it didn't used to be. Um, now they may have upgraded that a bit. And then you also have things that are better and still more affordable that like I would recommend for an entry point. So like the pure filters, P-U-R, those are probably going to be a better choice. And also things like zero filters, which you can find everywhere. So make sure you're getting good water quality in there. And then, you know, the they also have a website area where you can look at the produce that is every year they do this evaluation of the best and worst produce to buy, which is you know, the call it the clean 15 and the dirty dozen, which people probably heard about. So it's like, if you are in a budget and you want to make sure you're eating the highest quality for, you know, your body, you kind of go in there and say, okay, the clean 15 are not as important for me to make sure organic, but the dirty dozen, I have to stay away from those unless I can do organic. So that's really practical. And then the second part that's less practical, but or not less practical, less of an education piece is go outside today and get sun. Now you may live somewhere where it's not super sunny. You may live somewhere where it's, you know, raining somewhat, but even if you stand outside in a covered area and you get some sun exposure, you are helping your cells down to the cellular level, like regenerate themselves. You're also helping your body circadian rhythm so that you sleep better at night. So those are just a couple benefits of getting sun exposure. And I'm saying like 10 to 15 minutes because that's not going to put you at risk for any kind of, you know, damage to your skin or anything like that. So just wanted to put that out there. I could talk at length for, you know, more and more and more time on, on the sun piece, but that's really, really important to do. That's excellent. Oh my God. You just brought such a great information. It's like, oh, I just got to go and check all this out. That was amazing. Thank you so much Thank you. for being here Thank with you. today. And then um, I'm sure they are appreciating all your information. Wonderful. Well, I hope so. And I, like I said, I just want to be of value. And if anyone wants to chat with me, then now they know how to get in touch with me and, you know, we can have conversations about their needs specifically. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you.